0: What is up internet that
1: is why i won't do two shows a night anymore babe i won't my name is matthew kroll and the whorehouse was my idea i'm red cherison and
0: this is the only podcast about movies specifically the film beetlejuice 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 wait for it nothing okay we're fine because we don't live in a movie apparently I'm told. Uh, Unless, wait, Shahir, you're looking different and you used a different name at the beginning of this podcast.
1: Yeah, I was feeling a little under the weather.
0: Okay. (laughs) now everybody, Red is back uh, filling the intrepid shoes of our lovely New Zealand friend who is MIA. Maybe he's stuck in the model. Actually, you know what's funny? I don't want to blow up Shahir's spot where he is, but the term stuck in the model actually makes sense. Wow. I
1: like yeah, this. Yeah.
0: If you can figure it out, dear listeners, email us in at onlymovepodcast at is, gmail.com.
1: Is he digging through the styrofoam right now?
0: I, I, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Okay. I'm, I'll tell you where he is off, off, off the air. I, I miss him already. Yeah. Me too. But so listen, Red, thank you for, for coming and co hosting with me today. I, I wanted to kick off Spooky Season right. And we, well, actually, I guess we kicked off Spooky Season last week with, uh, no One Will Save You, uh, which was uh, a delightful yet odd and uh, slightly flawed in a couple different premises film. But I really did dig it. If you want to listen more about that, you can listen to the episode. But I wanted to go back to my roots. And by my roots, I kind of more mean my parents' roots. I have a complicated relationship with the film Beetlejuice. Oh. Uh, what is yours? I'll get into mine after the fact. But you're the guest. Please, how did you come to see this movie first? Did you like it as a as a kid or a young adult? is there any is there any history
1: at all are you just doing me a favor i i am ancient by (laughs) by internet standards i saw beetlejuice with a parental guardian as a 10 year old because it was a pg-13 movie i think it's pg is it pg it's pg okay all right fair enough oh my goodness it is pg yeah there's only one f-bomb oh my goodness yeah what, what do you mean? Only one f bomb? It used to be one f bomb gotcha PG thirteen. I don't know. I think this was before
0: what? I, oh man, I'm 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 losing my grip on on the cinematic f bomb the, uh, history.
1: There's the uh, Indiana Jones cutting the uh, yeah cutting the bridge that they had to change so they could. Uh keep it low keep it keep the rating keep low keep it for the kids you know um wow but this that was a pg yeah. okay so let me tell you something about 19 I'm pretty sure let me double check no 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 you're right you're you're absolutely right okay this is 1988 the world was very very different
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i agree so i saw this uh because i knew the guy from like uh, what was it, like mr mom or, yeah,
0: the man from Mr. Mom is in this movie, the, in this PG movie. The, I just mo- checked. the
1: mom from Mr. Mom was in this movie. And uh and my mother said, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go see this because it looks like a fun little comedy. Boy, was she surprised. She was correct. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she was not wrong. Um also yeah, so that's my relationship with this movie. Uh, my mother took me to it. Did you have you watched it a lot since then, or has it just sort of been in the periphery? As a kid, I watched it a bunch because uh, there wasn't much I could do to celebrate Batman coming out than <laughs> watch Beetlejuice. Yeah. So I, yeah, I
0: um, I remember seeing it when I was younger. I don't remember when. But it was one of those things I feel like it was kind of just always on. And like I saw the TV cut first, I bet you, like whenever they uh, sort of aired it or whatever. And some of the things were taken out. And then uh, w- but but this is the weird part that I remember. I had Beetlejuice action figures. This okay. is back in the day when like Terminator 2, Aliens and Beetlejuice. Wow, We're going
1: to go there like right now.
0: Had action figures and i guess this is a pg-13 or, sorry a pg movie so that i guess makes sense but like i had the one where he comes up and he's in the circus tent hat with the bad ears and the roly out arms i had uh uh both uh the um alec baldwin and gina davis's characters of adam and barbara i had them but like their weird stretched out faces that you could get yes um yeah it was kind of an odd it was an odd thing to have children's toys made about until you think of the fact that then there was also the cartoon. Yeah, we we have to go there. But the cartoon the action figures weren't based on the
1: cartoon. No, no, that was clearly Michael Keaton Beetlejuice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt.
0: Um so I actually don't know if there were cartoon uh if there were cartoon specific action figures but like i was looking up some of these action figures and they're just like weird and twisted. it's back like it feels like we're in the garbage pale kid era it was of a weird toys. it
1: was a weird time for children's toys if the children toys were a lot more uh adult i guess in many ways mm-hmm. they were there were we were allowed a, a certain level of darkness in our toys that reflected the cruelties of the world.
0: I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I guess that's what it was. I'm 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 scrolling through these these terrible these terrible terrible toys. Don't, don't
1: scroll too fast.
0: You'll break uh, there's a Beetlejuice arm thing. It's like a gross out meter. Oh right,
1: because they had all those slime properties that also attached to the Beetlejuice yep. thing. Like there was no slime in Beetlejuice, but I remember quite distinctly there was like a slime toy for Beetlejuice. Yeah.
0: Yep. There's a spider he becomes there's a weird party wa- like it's just it's very 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 strange um oh yeah and there was the guy I, I it's funny i'm looking at this right now and i never remembered where this figure was from there was like the the odd uh the pre the pre-shrunken head like game hunter oh right yes and i had that action figure and i always wondered what he was from now i know
1: um so it was like a prequel i guess i have no figure. idea
0: it, it, the property itself is just odd
1: it because is.
0: it's a one-off, even though there's rumors that uh, Jenna Ortega and Michael okay, Keaton might those be Those rumors
1: in. have been instant, instanced for over like 30 years. At
0: this yeah, the, I, I, and, and look, every, we all know that everything old is now new again, uh, and or at least that's what corporations want to tell us. And uh, there probably will be a Beetlejuice 2 before Michael Keaton retires. Um, but this movie, upon revisiting it, Because again, most of my memory is from the cartoon, which has a different relationship between Beetlejuice and Lydia. It was a
1: much different evolution of their relationship. In fact, I think my brother saw the cartoon first. So when he saw the movie, okay, my brother. My brother is younger than me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think his first Tim Burton movie was Pee Wee. Okay. Right. Then he watched the Beetlejuice cartoons, and then he watched the Beetlejuice movie. All three developed. And cared for by tim burton but he's watching it in the other order and his (laughs) his understanding of their relationship got dark very quickly even as a as a a child um he understood that that was not correct
0: (laughs) yeah it it (laughs) it gets um gets a little gets a little rough near the end of it And, and beetlejuice as a character in this movie for being the titular character uh He's in it for like 19 minutes, a little under 19
1: minutes. Well, that's one of the things that I, I really, that really struck me upon watching it recently. Because mm-hmm. there's been, I'd say, to be generous, maybe a 10-year gap since I've sure. seen it last. And I'm looking at it from a totally different framework. And I was genuinely surprised that he doesn't make an appearance to us where we can identify him. So, like, almost halfway through the film, and then he doesn't actually become a proactive character until two-thirds of the way through the film. It's amazing. That and two other things
0: really shocked me about this movie, and uh, I wasn't ready for it. One, the youth of Alec Baldwin.
1: (laughs) Oh, he was such a... I, he was the Baldwinist of the Baldwins.
0: I could not believe it was him. Yeah, there was like an energy to him that I just haven't seen in a long time, and and uh, it was before I think his his much more stoic persona uh, that he sort of went into, and and so that really uh, hit me. Gina Davis obviously was wonderful because Gina Davis is wonderful, um, but I, I found myself like again as a as an adult as an as an elder millennial uh relating to them more than anyone else. Cause
1: like these people just want their fucking house, man. That's the thing. That when I'm watching it, the framework has flipped. When I uh, I've always had a crush on Winona Ryder to this day. I have a crush on Winona Rider. Sure. And when I first saw this film, well, she is naturally just a little bit older than me. She's like she was the older, cooler girl that I could crush on as a 10 year old. Mm-hmm. And I saw the film through her lens and all the experiences through her perspective. And she's in enough of the film that that's pretty easy watching it this time. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's a childless couple that I'm actually older than struggling with their like house and coming to terms with like these life changing moments. And I was like, wow, I'm now watching it from their perspective and boy, did it flip a lot of things on its head.
0: And the other characters, uh, obviously Charles, uh, it was Charles played by Jeffrey Jones?
1: Jeffrey Jones, yeah. And, and,
0: uh, and uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara as uh, Delia.
1: Queen. Uh, <laughs> Just queen.
0: It's funny. Uh, there's so many weird... So Jamie was loving every outfit that Delia was wearing. Uh, she oh. said she'd wear every goddamn one of them. Who else wears a glove for a hat? Uh, also, there's a weird thing I noticed. The, 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 the art direction and the style choices in this movie are fucking bananas, and I love them all. But there was one thing where um, Charles is wearing a sweater in one office thing. And then the next scene Delia is wearing his sweater as pants, Yes, uh, but with overall straps. <laughs> and you're like, as she obviously plays a, uh, there are New Yorkers coming into the country to get away from it all. And he wants to get away from it, but still like New Yorkify the countryside.
1: Now he's in real estate, right? Yes, He's a developer. Yeah. Okay. I've never actually been able to figure that out.
0: So that brings me to the second thing I didn't notice really uh, before watching it this time. Uh, That I think is probably the most interesting because no matter how much I do enjoy this movie, I don't think I realized just how much of a fucking mess it is.
1: It is very uneven.
0: I don't. Structurally, they just sort of jump around Uh, like I. The first third is fairly straightforward, and then you're not quite sure what the point or the rules are. And it's just like chaos personified for a while. It's it's actually weirdly, God, I didn't think I'd go here. The structure of it reminds me a little bit of something that I watched recently as well. The new Super Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. because there it's just like, here's a bunch of set pieces and we're going to get to them. We're not going to tell you how we get to them. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go. Um,
1: we and- have a joke about something. So now we need to be there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Beetlejuice feels like it, it, it takes that structure. And I don't. The weird thing is, I don't remember it that way. Right. And so you, I would say, right, I didn't even introduce you because you've been on the show a million times. You work in the
1: biz. From time to time. Uh,
0: what What do you do? Because I think it's going to be uh, quintessential for the next question I'm going to ask oh. you for our
1: audience. Uh, currently, I'm employed as a visual effects editor um, for uh, generally Scalia Productions, but specifically... Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, so that's what I do. I do VFX yes. work, and I also assist from time to time. And you and I met while editing. That's right, yes. So...
0: Talkies. The, the, the motion pictures. Uh, with that in mind, I don't think... It, it, I'm trying to remember back when I... when it, 1988, which again, I wasn't paying attention much to the editing of film back then, uh, but I... I feel like movies got away with this a little bit more like than they do now. Like the Mario film, it's, it's interesting. The Mario film actually, I feel like gets away with it for a different reason. It gets away with it because it's just IP management. And like we've been kind of oh okay well this is a movie about this or it's a Marvel film or it's a superhero or it's a you know what the movie we did I think a while ago Assassin's Creed you were on the episode oh for yes. Assassin's Creed set piece, you, set you piece. Manage, managing IP and therefore you can jump around and get to the set pieces because that's what people are here for yeah. in a movie like Beetlejuice that that style of filmmaking that that let me not even style that reason for filmmaking had not happened yet yes so. How did you react to the way this film was structured? Did it shock you now, or were you just sort of lulled into it from when you were younger?
1: It shocked me to my core, to be honest. Uh, it was like whiplash, and I watched it a little bit. Anastasia was running in and out. She, uh, w- Once you put it on, like anybody who's nearby has to sit down and watch this film. Yes. It's one of these films. And she was like, wow, um, I don't understand the motivation for almost all of this. What Only a great many, film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's why I'm psyched to sort
0: of dive into this because, I mean, I feel like there's been... Beetlejuice fills a role in Hollywood where it's something that everyone who watches movies knows about, remembers, has seen. It's a character now that has a popular musical where apparently our governing officials go to get to second base. Um, and the... The but it never it's one of those things that never really from a from a IP milking situation, Mm -hmm. especially from like back in this time, Mm -hmm. never really did the numbers that it it you think when you we're looking at all of the sort of nostalgia we're being fed back now that this would have been like thrown on a million different things. There would have been nine Netflix specials and like yes. a bunch of stuff rolled out for it. In you.
1: many ways. Yes, because uh, it definitely taps into a key demographic looking at you elder millennials. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, also, yeah, a lot of it is structured before we had those ideas in place. So it was very successful upon release. In fact, there are so many movies that try to emulate Beetlejuice for a series of years after afterwards that they fail. Uh, What was the one with um, I always think Little Monsters. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's the same kind of like we got this quirky comedian. He's just going to go like to the wall with with quirk. And it it just it doesn't work because it doesn't capture the same qualities, which we can discuss later. But like it it started a new it defined a new way of approaching the very classy genre of horror comedy.
0: Yeah. it, And maybe this is what we're tapping into here when I think back to the, the action figures and whatever. Mm-hmm. The content and what Beetlejuice does and says in this movie is not family friendly.
1: But it was billed as family friendly. But
0: the rest of the movie is family friendly.
1: I think it's messages yeah. in a weird way, which I'm actually disturbed about. Why? Because th- there's this couple, okay? Not No spoilers, but they die. Yeah, Adam and Barbara, R.I.P. Okay? They die, and they were... We are first introduced to them uh, where they're like, oh, something said in the car. We're like, oh, we can't have a kid. We They're
0: can- doing a staycation for two weeks. Right. He owns a hardware store, yes. I believe. Yes. Um, and they're doing a staycation, and they make a joke about, like, maybe we can try again.
1: Right, so... They're, they're childless. We don't know. We, we, we are led to experience their current situation through that 1980s lens as like they tried to have a kid and it didn't work out. Maybe we can try again. Right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of implied. Sure. Um, but the but Gina Davis character starts with a B because the other oh, characters, bro. A, they're A and B. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, you know, she's kind of cool to the idea, actually, if you look at it. Um, But she she she's warm to to a so uh, but then they die and then this kid shows up and they're like okay well that's it that's our new kid now and yeah they kind of they poach a child from another family
0: which which is also semi like because I believe uh, Lydia is uh, Charles's daughter Charles's daughter and uh, Delia's stepdaughter yes a queen (laughs) Um, side note going back to Adam and Barbara dying
1: which happens i never knew it was a dog's fault oh no that's okay that is like okay so we'll discuss Burtonesque. what that means sure later but like for me that was my gateway into the bizarre reality of tim burton because it was this weird chaplain chaplain like comedy stunt that was played out very quickly. If you notice, it's, it's played very quickly mm-hmm. for a cheap laugh, but they're killed by a puppy.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> swerve. They're going through a covered bridge. For those of you who haven't seen this in a hot minute, they're going through a covered bridge. I didn't remember this. A dog runs out in front of them. In Connecticut. In, 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 in yeah, w- Winter Hills, White Hill. I don't remember the name oh. of the town, but they uh, swerve crash their car basically through the side of the covered bridge which is and a no-no in many counties right yeah they definitely write you up for that and then it's like doing that cheater thing and the only reason that the weight hasn't been distri- uh you know distributed uh, incorrectly for them to fall is there is a dog the same dog standing on a piece of wood that is acting as a lever for the weight of the car and the dog just jumps like they notice the dog and they're like, no, 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 no. And the dog just jumps off and they fall to their death. A horrible car upside down into a river
1: death. It's uh it's great. It's also the moment you realize Alec Baldwin has no idea what he's gotten himself into as an actor. Because yeah. he looks he, you see, there's the there's the there's the character looking at that dog, and then there's the actor looking at that dog. And both of them have just resigned themselves to their fate at that moment. As
0: it was Alec Baldwin at this point, I actually don't know the 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 sort of uh, cinematic history of one Alec Baldwin, was he, he wasn't big at this
1: point. No, no, he wasn't. He was just very this handsome. This is
0: one of his, he's a very handsome man who this was one of his first major films.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a.
0: I'm sort of just going through Baldwin right A Baldwin clan
1: fan, Um, uh,
0: but it, uh, yeah. Out of all of his films prior to Beetlejuice, I think, weirdly enough, the only one I've heard of is a TV movie called The Sheriff and the Astronaut from 84. Um, but everything else I do not know. Yeah. And then he was in married to the mob. Yeah. So after this working girl talk radio, yeah, 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 yeah. So hunt for red October. Okay. So this kind of is his origin story in a way.
1: And I think he still tries to hide that to this day. You think so? Do
0: you I, think, do you think he's not proud I, of this? Movie? I think
1: he's on record as saying that I re I remember him giving an interview saying that he did not. I remember this in context to Michael Keaton, because I know Michael Keaton really loved this part because he got to really break out and show people that he was more than just this one type of character. Show
0: people he was a psychopath.
1: (laughs) And then we cut right to um, Alec Baldwin, who's like, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. I thought this was the end of our end of our careers just before they even started.
0: It's funny because I think like, what is it, like 90 percent of Beetlejuice's lines was just Michael Keaton riffing. Yes, uh, and you can kind of tell because how fast he talks, he goes into all this stuff and he talks, he brings up a fart, but he's going to be here a while, and they go, honk, honk. And it, like, it's this weird, like, yeah. it's this weird nightmare circus. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Literally sometimes. It's like a nightmare circus.
0: Uh, Jamie was thinking that we should do this. We should be them for Halloween until we watched it. And she said, you'd be too good at this. Absolutely not. Uh, so I don't think I will be being beatle. Because you have to. You know me. If I'm going to be a character for Halloween, I need to be the character for Halloween. And Beetlejuice is exhausting to
1: be around. Yeah, yeah. If you you were doing full Method for Beetlejuice, I don't think anybody could be around you. Because the character of Beetlejuice is quite unlikable. Now, the the character of Beetlejuice in the movie, not the cartoon. We all love him in the cartoon. But he is vile in the film. And shitty. And we don't fully understand
0: why here's this is the other part of the structure that i didn't really remember from when i watched this when i was younger so uh uh adam and barbara die
1: yes congratulations and they realize mazel they
0: they they realize they're dead they think they can live their life in their house because they can't step out of it because they go into the weird under the uh neither realm i I, believe it's it's called saturn it's supposed to be saturn it's saturn
1: like the planet when does it say that uh Beetlejuice actually says, hey, I don't like Saturn. You don't like Saturn. Nobody likes Saturn." You know, he's giving him the spiel. He refers to it as Saturn. He's like, hey, sandworms. I ate them. You know, same thing. It's it's it's. And the, at some point, I learned the lore that the original script didn't have it at Saturn. It had it as I was like, oh, Saturn could mean Saturn Lord of the underworld. Yeah. But I learned that the original place that it was supposed to be was Titan, which is a moon of Saturn. So. I think it's supposed to be the planet Saturn. Well, and I mean, I, I don't know. I, I,
0: Beetlejuice in the movie, which we will get this eventually, is spelt like the star. Like the star. The
1: brightest star in Orion? Yes. Is it Orion?
0: Yep. I, I'll get back into that a little bit. So there is sort of a- um, There's a spacey thing. An odd space element to this. I didn't know it was on Saturn. I do know- Look, podcasters,
1: I am so wrong. I'm so I apologize if I'm wrong about this.
0: Oh no, never but, apologize because we're the only podcast about movies read. So no one checks us, oh, and there's true, no true. other right. podcast that have ever been done about the film Beetlejuice. No, no. Uh, at Obviously least not. in this particular instance of reality, I can't speak to the multiverse. I, I know cinema has gone in that direction, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not here for it. There's four it's of them right still here. working right now. Yeah, so. The way that, the, but, but the, the debt, the world of the dead is called the neither realm.
1: Yes. Right. That's
0: right. Which I like because it's not the nether realm. It's the neither realm. Right. It's neither
1: here yeah. nor there.
0: Um, but they eventually try haunting this house. They try to get these people who are moving and out and they're not doing a good job. Uh, and then like they do that for quite a long time. And there's one commercial that they notice on a TV for Beetlejuice who is already living in their model. Yes. For some reason, uh, Adam has a model of the
1: town in the attic. I believe he's been banished from the mortal realm area and can only exist as like uh, a small calling card or a figment and that he needs to be summoned as a full... I don't want to use the word corporeal because I feel that's like super judgmental about ghosts. Sure. But you know, something that exists, you know, I see you. Okay. But you know, this is something that exists in this, this dimension. Can I say dimension? I don't even know the rules here. And that's part of the thing. I don't know the rules. The main characters don't know the rules. Cause they don't read the book. They don't read the book. Only Ordo. Is that the fucking guy's or, name? Um, o- Otho? It's Otho. O- 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 so o- I've been
0: watching deep space nine and I kept hearing Odo and right. it's not Odo. It's Otho.
1: Yeah. Um, I get excited. I, I, I honestly, I watched this movie so much. Every time I saw Glenn Shattuck's pop up in a movie, which is not many, I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And the day he appeared in Demolition Man on a forty-five foot screen and invited people to Taco Bell, yep, dinner and was dancing, the finest day of my life.
0: Uh, I. I don't think we've done Demolition Man on this podcast. Oh, you,
1: oh, that is a crime against humanity. I
0: really do want to. Maybe we'll if we ever do a Patreon. That is
1: we'll a do. that is an MDK right there. I'm uh, sorry. Mur-
0: <laughs> it's a murder, death, kill. Also, I don't know if you played Cyberpunk, but you can in bathrooms. There are three seashells in various bathrooms throughout Cyberpunk. <laughs> uh, regardless, we are very off track of this spooky episode. This has to be a spooky episode. This is
1: a spooky episode. Yeah.
0: Nothing scarier than not knowing how to use the three seashells. Um they don't get to the neither realm for like the first half or more of the film because they
1: don't read the book it's about like halfway through
0: yeah and it this goes back to my entire thing i don't i can't think of a film that is honestly structured so loose that that has come out in the last like 15 or 20 years any major motion
1: picture no no it's it's um so like even oh sorry it's a sophomore effort, right? so this is realistically speaking, sure uh uh Tim Burton's second motion picture that's done on a effectively a shoestring budget was it a shoestring budget? I thought this had decent uh, effectively it was like seven why do I want to say seven million that's like a we'll dumb num- that's a dumb number somebody can <laughs> uh but it wasn't done on this was this was like many directors a picture that he had to prove that he could come in on time and under budget yep. in order to get the project that he's pitching. Sure. Right. And we all know that the project he was pitching was of course Batman. Yes. So he needed to get something in and under, um, to prove. And he comes up with this thing. And I think, I, I, I think he did well enough with what he had to show that he could do that. Yeah. But it's also just his second feature. And you know, not to get too deep into Tim Burton's brain, but he's more of a big ideas guy when yeah. it comes to directors. I wonder.
0: I haven't watched Edward Scissorhands, his first major film. Is that is that technically correct? I
1: believe it N- is. The Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Right? Pee Wee's Big his,
0: Adventure came first. This is
1: his first film.
0: Oh, he was a producer on Edward's.
1: No, he How was he the directed? director. But Edward came way la- way later. Did it? Yeah.
0: I'm so behind on my. No, on my- see, the
1: thing is, is that you're from another dimension.
0: I mean that is fair,
1: and you experienced Tim Burton in reverse order.
0: <laughs>
1: so you've seen the Nightmare After Christmas.
0: He directed uh, Frank and Weenie,
1: Frank and Weenie, but that's a short, right? Sure, and, and then
0: Pee Wee's Big Adventure, like this, and then B. yeah, the if there's a couple other things as well. Yeah,
1: if you follow the mythology of Burton, and I like to define Mister Burton also with. Um, uh, Oh, come on. The guy from Oingo Boingo. What's his? Oh, God. Uh, Danny Elfman. Yep. Yeah, I was like, Simpsons guy. Uh, Anyhow, <laughs> d- Danny Elfman, right? So this is their number two, right? The, 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 there is so much emerging here that we are going to see from Tim Burton over and over and over again. This mm-hmm. becomes, I don't even think Tim Burton knew who Tim Burton was yet, or Danny Elfman, who d- knew who Danny Elfman was going to be just yet, even though Danny Elfman obviously knew Danny Elfman. Um. And and we're seeing these emerge, but there's still a looseness to it because I don't think there's fully formed directorial ideas about story yet.
0: I think that's actually very interesting. I think with Pee Wee's Big Adventure being the first major motion picture, there is a structure that is simple that he does adhere to and he doesn't terribly go off the rails. Yes. Like Pee Wee needs to get his bike back. And then it's just a bunch of wackiness, but the whole time you're you're going, you're like trying to do it, right? With Beetlejuice, it feels less like there is a narrative path or goal and more of a, here's a situation you're going to sit in for an hour and a half and we're just going to see what happens. And I think with Michael Keaton just going fucking off the wall, uh, that sort of probably plays into it. It's probably like the okay, there's ghosts in this house and they want to get the people out. And they don't know how they're bad ghosts. So there's a, there's a offshoot off brand, uh, helper
1: ghost that is going to fuck with them and try to do that. So I seem to recall. And, uh, again, the internet can fact check me on this one. I seem to recall that, uh, some of the film and including some of the actual Beetlejuice props were already shot before Michael Keaton did his stuff.
0: Like the, some of the stop motion shit?
1: Like the snake stuff. Yeah. Like, like
0: Yes, yes it was. And then they ha- they
1: uh, they redid, did they redo the head? Well, I mean, that's the part that looks like him. Yeah. Or, or at least to match his voice or whatever. Yeah. But uh, that leads me to believe and conclude that Michael Keaton brought a lot more to the character than I think anybody was expecting at that they
0: point. They shot, so th- I, I think I remember this now, they shot that whole sequence and it was just going to be a snake.
1: Like a big ass <laughs> snake,
0: so they shot it all thinking it was a big ass snake, <laughs> and then uh, when Michael Keaton he was just, such a force, they decided to make the snake. Because Ke-
1: what, what was his shoot? Uh, his shoot was like incredibly short, right? He shot the whole Two all weeks. of his. Okay, so that's ten yeah. days.
0: Yeah. Well, he's only in it for eighteen fucking minutes. Like it. That's It's, it's very strange uh, how much of a. I guess it's not strange. I guess it's uh, a testament to one of his favorite roles, how how memorable this short period of time is.
1: He brought so many different comedians in on his like quick things, you know, like he was evoking a lot.
0: and to have the character okay, the next iteration of an annoying as fuck character that people still really liked. Do not say Jar Jar Binks. No. Okay. No. I don't. Did people really like Jar Jar Binks?
1: Oh, in this dimension. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I'm so <laughs> sorry.
0: No, I think all of them go to one Jim Carrey. You could either go oh, Ace yeah, Ventura, yeah. or you could go The Mask. Mm-hmm. Um, The Mask is closer to this, of course. Yeah. Um, but a character that you'd never want to spend a minute with in real life that you enjoy watching fuck with people. Yeah. On a, in a movie. Yeah yeah yeah. And the that's a weird line to ride.
1: It is It's uh, difficult.
0: It's difficult to be likable while being heinous. And I again, I just think it's a testament to the performance that actually we still remember it. And this movie is a weird little cult classic, despite I, I don't even want to say what this like the movie structure. I don't want to put it as a flaw because I think the movie structure is not the movie's point. Like. I, I think this is, a, we, like I said before, Tim Burton's dropping us in a world that we're going to spend an hour and a half in, and it feels like it's the most it's the most open-ended, like, it's the Skyrim of Tim Burton movies. You, you It just kind of goes wherever the fuck it wants, and the plot's, like, there, but you're not really hitting it a ton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I buy that. I, I I do buy that, though now I have this creepy image of me just waking up. And it's just Beetlejuice. Like, oh, so you're finally awake. You're finally awake. <laughs> and then he starts doing things. Uh, but it's, a, uh, yeah, that, that's, it's very interesting. Again, I think he's a big ideas guy. And he was just figuring out how to show this world and contrast these ideas of, like, what it means to come to terms with your living responsibilities and your death responsibilities. And, you know, you see different Again, you see, uh, I'm not saying Pee-wee doesn't show everything that we think of as Tim Burton, but like think of like the art direction and the character and the costume design and the weird gothic versus hyper suburban aesthetic that like are always intersecting and clashing. Like that is this movie in many ways. I still just think not refined yet.
0: Pee-wee is Tim Burton emerging. Beetlejuice is Tim Burton off the fucking I can, chain. I cannot wait for him to just smash through this wall right now he, and be like
1: I knew who I was this entire time. Yeah, what are but, you talking no, about? No, I
0: might I, I'm not saying he didn't know who he was. I'm saying there were rules he was still trying to follow yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he just sort of went off the and I think I think both Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands are the comedy and serious version of who Tim Burton is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I I I have to agree with you. I find this to be a beautiful look inside of an, an emerging, wonderful, creative mind. Just to wear a little scattershot sometimes.
0: And I, I think maybe that's one of sort of the the joys of it. Because when I stopped watching, when we finished watching it, Jamie and I looked at each other. We were just sort of like, what the fuck? What, what the fuck did we just watch? Right. But it wasn't in a like, I can't believe we wasted our time sort of way.
1: Right. What's well, the running time of this thing?
0: Yeah, it's not it's not a heavy movie
1: by by my hour 32 by my butt clock. I was like, oh, this has got to be like 80 minutes. Yeah, right. Um, And I know that's meaningless to many people, uh, but like 80 minutes is like four double reels. That's a that's a significant amount of movie time, but it's not a it's not a long movie by anybody. No and it moves along it goes it goes clipping and i feel like you know they were like okay we got to be as economical as possible so what's the first thing we can lose lose cohesive story just get rid of it just just let's just go uh we got to be outside because otho's got to make a joke about interior design so we have to be outside so he can make the joke okay why are we out here he's just making the joke and then we'll just go back inside it's fine
0: i let's- think they just wanted to show off the set at that point because the art direction on this entire movie is Is just incredibly on point.
1: So beautiful, like so. One of the things that I really like about this period of movies is that you're intersecting your your cast in as these intersections of like older Hollywood and younger Hollywood, and then like these New Yorker natives that are kind of like crash landing in the mid '80s in Hollywood. And so you get this mix of like character actors and established actors. And why the hell is Dick Cavett in this movie? Right. Because. Right. Okay. Fine. I accept your answer. But Goulet? How did Goulet get in there? Maybe,
0: maybe does Goulet,
1: anybody listening even know who Robert Goulet is without referencing Will Ferrell?
0: Oh, that's an interesting question. Maybe Goulet was taken aback by the Internet Movie Database's description <laughs> of this film and he couldn't not be in it <laughs> if this is how time works. I didn't do it at the beginning, so I'm going to do it now. The spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. So let's talk about the mechanics. Sure. Let's do it. Let's focus. As we are told in the film, once they draw a door on the wall, which I remember as a child, kind of that being the oh, creepiest man. thing Yes, uh, in the attic, they uh move and they go meet uh Jane Butterfield. I believe is the character's name. Is that no no Jane? I'm so sorry. Jane's the the realtor. Um, who is the yeah. woman? Who's the woman? Goes the caseworker?
1: Oh oh man, that's um oh she's an actress from from back in the day. I know uh,
0: she's I've seen her in a bunch of stuff. Anyway, they go meet their caseworker.
1: Juno Sylvia Sidney. Thank you, Juno. Um. That would have been a cool movie. Juno's life.
0: Right. Well, so the the interesting thing here is, uh, and I think this is a very Burton-esque uh, thing. Bureaucracy? The bureaucracy of death. <laughs> because they go to the waiting room, they do the thing. Even though like, they set up the waiting room to be this hellish place, they're going to wait forever. And then, it, uh, for, because it's the movie, it's their turn. And yeah, we got to move it along. And then, of course, it's two weeks later and whatever. But uh, when they get back. So basically they go and they're like, we don't understand what's happening. And she's like, Oh, well you, did you read the book? And they're like, it's hard to understand this kind of, it's a very, it's a very realistic DMV style feeling of like, well, you should know this. Well, it's really convoluted, but you should know it. It's that back. And it is, forth. but
1: I was getting fu- So younger me accepts your argument. Older me is just annoyed with them for not having read the book. Yeah, that's fair. Like just read the book. You have, you're dead. You have an eternity. Read the book. Yeah. Yep.
0: Uh, and they bring up seeing Beetlejuice's commercial. Yes, and good she, commercial, by the way. And she says, "No, don't." He he is an ex-apprentice of mine. Yeah, who went off on his own. But that brings me to the deals and the way, like even the way that IMDb set this up. He he calls himself a, what is it, a bioexorcist, Bio, a bio-exorcist. A bio-exorcist mm-hmm. meaning he's good at getting humans out of places. Mm. But what? <laughs> I still don't understand beyond that one line from the caseworker, like why he's around like what he wants to be set
1: free. Well, he's got a he's got a thing he's got to go to. He's got to meet some people. but It's got to be in person, if you remember. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a line that Michael Keaton made up. Like, I mean,
0: maybe I I, I don't know. I just feel like it like he I I don't understand the mechanic and not that you have to, but it it threw me off of this viewing. I don't understand the mechanics of how he's trapped. I don't understand the way he can be untrapped. I know you say his name three times a la Rumpelstiltskin and he can kind of appear and then you say his name again and he gets put back and whatever. Also,
1: that's not the only thing. Apparently saying the same thing three times triggers various events. If you remember home, home, home takes you home. Did it? Yes. When did that happen? When they first try the Beetlejuice thing and they go visit him in the cemetery, in the model cemetery. And then when, they're like, when, when a and B are like, Oh, this is not a good idea. We gotta, we gotta stop this before he, he's just dangerous. He's a sex pest. B goes home, home, home. And now they're back to their corporeal, oh. non corporeal. Sorry. Sorry, ghosts. Sorry. Yep. their are non corporeal uh, scale. Right. Uh, above the model again. So they visited him the first time in the the it's it's not the neither realm. It's, it's not like Saturn, it's like this, he's like in a limbo state yeah. where he can't affect things their, other than flies.
0: And then their caseworker distracts him so they can get away in away with the with the fake whorehouse in the model. Yeah, that was that was that was her idea. But then what as per your quote? So what like what are her power Look, the <laughs> I'm sounding like I'm complaining. I don't think I actually am. It's just it's it. This movie plays out a bit like a fever dream, it, and I did watch it with an actual
1: fever. This oh, time, okay, right. okay. So did it make more sense? I got the COVID the COVID booster, the COVID one as yes, well. The, yeah, the COVID that's uh, the booster. new hotness. It is. It is. I got the COVID, the COVID, and the flu. Did yeah. did all three, and I I was feeling a bit feverish. And I was worried that I wouldn't be able to focus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Luckily for you, the movie doesn't want you to. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like it was probably the best circumstances I could watch this thing under because yeah, it lays out some rules and then just lets you just think about the other ones. Like, why is it when they step outside suddenly they're in Saturn, time passes much faster while they're in Saturn than versus when they're in the home? Well, that that the Saturn time thing
0: does make sense if we're looking at Interstellar rules. Like it all depends on gravity, right?
1: So in your universe, Interstellar came out before Beetlejuice? Yeah. Or no, after. Christopher Nolan figured out the rules from Oppenheimer's experiments. Sure after watching Beetlejuice. And
0: then imported them specifically in my universe into the train sequence of Batman Begins when they atomize, when they when they superheat water to spread Scarecrow's fear toxin. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Your universe really is better. Yeah, no, I think so. Also, uh, the Prestige won an Academy Award. Um, but the... The...
1: <laughs> Wait, didn't didn't this film that we're talking about, this spooky movie, win an Academy Award for like makeup and special effects or something? It might have. Now I believe it was there. There were like other good movies in 1988. Like, nah, no, okay, right. Well, in in our 1988, see, the Berlin Wall hadn't fallen yet. Right, that's okay? true. All right, so there wasn't much for us to do, just other than cower under our desk. Yeah, award
0: for best makeup. Best Steve makeup. Laporte, uh, V. Neil, and Robert Short.
1: Yeah, I, I remember it got some like special, like special effects, and you know, pre. Well, it wasn't yet visual effects, but like pre visual effect. Every
0: stuff. visual effect shot in yeah. this movie felt really good, with the exception of one. Okay, and that is the one that they got in at the end when they called Michael Keaton back for uh, a couple more days. Oh yeah, but that was like shot after the fact. I know. Yeah. Uh, where they also shrink his it's head. it's
1: a little, in my opinion, it's a little problematic.
0: Oh that yeah oh it's 1, a, a thousand percent it's a little the, problematic yeah, one hundred
1: thousand percent like, it was funny in nineteen eighty eight only because like my grandparents were still alive
0: <laughs> but Regardless, they're not anymore the effect is is <sighs> rough the rest of the effects in the movie from the stop motion yeah. to uh, I the love when, I love when the fireplace changes the oh, shape so good it's it's perfect and that became a very iconic thing in the cartoon as well
1: yes yes it did it was actually uh, it was always in as part of their was part of the like, logo that, that yeah.
0: played on the commercials. And because I think his gravestone kind of looks like that a little bit, too. That's right. Um, we just use the word burton now. Of course. The way that this thing actually flows in such a <laughs> gaseous state. Uh, <laughs> it, it is nebulous. Yeah. The way that down to the way that they spell like. I think on the poster, it's two words everywhere else. It's one word and it's spelled differently than what we use for the
1: name of the movie. Yeah. The only time we actually could say Beetlejuice, meaning Beetlejuice is Lydia's character who has to play the worst game of charades ever. Yes. Which, by the way, is the most nightmarish part of the film, in my opinion. That's right. When they they break the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, charades. they break
0: the rules of charades very <laughs> the consistently. The Beetle gag
1: is really funny. Like, yeah. look behind you. It's like, yeah. hey, how you doing? Yeah, she's like, oh, Beetle, obviously, but then dies with the pouring juice. Yeah. She's like, breakfast drink, breakfast orange drink. Yeah, uh, um, minimade placement too. So and good. So, oh, and this
0: is something I completely forgot. When even when oh she Lydia goes and frees him because Otho is. Basically, sucking the afterlife out of oh, Adam and Barb. Yeah,
1: because um, this is one of those things where uh, he steals the book of uh, the the undead manual, right. right? Like you're the recently deceased, and um, then he starts reading from it. And we have learned earlier through the hallway walk that those who have been that those spirits who have been exorcised suffer a fate worse than death. They get stuck in this weird room. They have no place to go. They're that's just right. wandering souls. So we're witnessing an exorcism. Why would you, as a publisher of recently deceased materials, sure. put an exorcism um, ritual in the book for the recently deceased? Again, a plot hole. I don't think anyone cared about. Yeah, that's true. And then he comes to the realization, like this is why you always read the instructions all the way through yep. that. Oh, there is no undoing it. But honestly, like, I'm, but then I'm very old. Un- and I does do the it? same thing? Yeah, because Beetlejuice has superpowers of annoyance.
0: I guess he annoyed them back to unlife. Yeah. And then in to be paid for that, he has to marry a child.
1: <laughs> yeah, a perfectly reasonable swap. Okay, maybe I'm not on. Maybe maybe we're not setting the stakes here. Sure. It's 1988. <laughs> the Berlin Wall still stands. Right. Gorbachev can be marching over with the Red Army at any minute. Uh The only thing standing between us and freedom is a most likely suffering from dementia former actor who is now. Wait, no, wait. Is Bush president by now?
0: (laughs) You got to stop multiverse hopping. I I can't even follow what you're saying. Either
1: way. Anyhow, the the point is, is that nobody cares. Nobody cares in the movie.
0: Well, I mean, they try to stop
1: Beetlejuice. Y- yes, but nobody cares where his powers come from. Sure. Right? No, like literally none of the characters care enough to ask, how can you do this? They just accept that it does. Right. And then by extension, we, the viewers, are like, well, if they're going with it, I'm going with it as well. And in the moment, you don't really question these things.
0: Well, and here's and, and at the end of the film, because I didn't remember how they dispatched Beetlejuice. I had no memory at all. Barbara. How did wait, how do you
1: how do you remember the movie ending? Is this like a Berenstein Bear thing?
0: I remember the dance number. I don't remember how it gets to the dance number at the end.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. because
0: the two musical numbers okay. uh which again I like that they set up that Adam and Barbara listen to that music. Like yes. that's their style. Yes. Uh so that's what they go toward for haunting, which why is, are they such fuddy duddies though? Aren't they they're they're like that feels like they should be cooler, but then I, I like is that what well, the first song's what
1: Tally Man, what's the Tallyman song called? Uh, it's Harry uh, Belafonte's uh, the banana. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, can and I then, call the banana boat song? Is that terrible? I, I don't remember
0: it. Uh, I don't remember the title. Man. And then uh, body body line is that what the other one is? Yeah. Shake shake shake. Shinoa, yeah yeah, shake, yeah. Uh, I We're probably butchering all of these songs because uh, whatever. But we the, do pl- research before. We did on. so much research. I just wanted to watch this movie and talk about it with you to be perfect. It's such honest.
1: a fun movie. Thank um,
0: you but i speaking of like rules so barbara gets knocked to saturn yes
1: and the sandworms are coming yes but then this is a this is a direct call out to what will become dune as visualized in the i don't remember when that movie came out Oh, this is going very a time jumping. Is very time jumping's hard. time. is hard. Barbara rides. Why sandworms? Does anybody? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Barbara rides a sandworm. She, I, I guess in my in my headcanon, because you don't see it happen on Saturn, like through whatever the door is back to because they've only seen a floating door like their house doesn't exist in Saturn.
1: That's right. There's only a floating door.
0: So she somehow manages to this beast that like is supposed to destroy you utterly. Right. Rides it. And has it eat Beetlejuice? Yes. And then the sandworm goes away. And then everyone's happy. And then Beetlejuice ends up in the waiting room. <laughs> like, by this point, nothing means anything. And it's just a sort of visual feast that makes little to no sense.
1: Yeah. It makes sense to me.
0: Big question. Oh okay. god! As we sort of wrap up this conversation.
1: Has it really been that long already? It's been- because I haven't even actually even discussed how impressed I am with this movie. Well, then go for it. I'm really impressed with this movie. Thank you. For <laughs> your Why time are center. you impressed with this movie? I'm I'm genuinely impressed because uh, there's lots of potential for this movie to go haywire, and it manages to toe this line while people are emerging and finding a style and becoming a cohesive filmmaking unit that we are going to love in a couple of years. I mean, if this movie was not a not the success that it was we wouldn't have we most likely wouldn't have batman at all but we would also not be experiencing like uh the nightmare before christmas which mm-hmm. though not directed by tim burton owes a lot to that world building aesthetic that is you know a- established in this in this film and i don't want to use world building in the catch-all phrase that i think a lot of people use today when they're discussing various forms of media sure there is Tim Burton and the team, you know the director of photography, uh, the writers, Dick Cavett, are all building a world that has a lot of rules that we can understand. And I think the reason why that you're scratching your head so much is because they didn't take the time to answer the other things. They started a great world building project, and uh, I have to give them credit. There's a lot of zany going on there, and at no point do I, am I like, I need to get off the bus. I am on the ride all the way, and I really appreciate that as a as a fellow filmmaker to be able to do something that seems out of such left field. But at the same time, my mother sat in the theater and loved this film in spite of how uh vulgar Michael Keaton was the entire time. And he was
0: like, it was, it was, it was, a. Uh... I know the character is vulgar. Like, I do remember that as a kid. But I think what it is, honestly, is he spoke so fast mm. that I just didn't catch all the fucking fucked up shit he was saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, like, he honks when he grabs himself. Yeah. That's just potty humor. Yeah. And it's hilarious. It's PG
0: potty humor. It's
1: PG potty humor for 1980. Uh, I just
0: realized, I believe... Beetlejuice was a cameo in Space Jam New Legacy because it is a Warner Brothers product.
1: Oh, uh, right, because he was also in uh was it uh it was Titans, young uh, the 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 cartoon.
0: Oh, he was in Titans?
1: Yeah, the guy who I again, internet check me for this. Yeah. I believe the guy who played Beetlejuice on Broadway was With the voice and- actor of Beetlejuice in uh little little Titans, the not Little Titans. Which one's the, the it's the it's the Bean, being, being, yeah, is it the Teen Titans? Teen Titans? Yeah. Teen Titans. I don't remember. There's two different ones. Um, the Teen Titans has a cameo because he's part of that weird Warner Brothers DC universe. Yeah. I could be misremembering this Oh, Man, you're going to get such good comments. Yeah. Do, email do podcasts in, have comments? They do. Yeah. We, we have all the comments.
0: Email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com for all of the stuff we got wrong about Beetlejuice or if we're forgetting one of your favorite Beetlejuice facts.
1: Yeah. Uh, And if if Alec Baldwin loved his part, I want to know that, too. So, I mean, so Alec, you know, yeah, let us know. You can leave voice
0: messages
1: (laughs) to Shaheer only.
0: Yeah. Message Shaheer. Everyone email Shaheer specifically about Beetlejuice because he won't know what the I actually don't think at the point (laughs) at time of recording. I don't think I told Shaheer what movie we were doing because originally oh, he might be really jealous dear he might be dear listeners red and i were going to go see a very different film to for this podcast it's before true. i decided i wanted to stick with spooky town yeah and that was going to be it was a different kind of scary uh that was going to be the expendables four but i was at a birthday party i was at i was at patrick willem's birthday party <laughs> and multiple people in different conversations Twice. Uh, to do uh, just
1: unrelated people. as you're walking by.
0: No, no. And, you know, you walk around parties, you know, at the place and you I, just, don't, you I don't talk do par- to people. Parties. And uh the Expendables 4 did come up from two different people. Not Patrick. I actually told Patrick this story and he was like, that's weird that that happened. And multiple people uh told me that the movie was so bad and not worth even. Com- like, it's not fun bad. It's just bad, bad.
1: Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't cross into camp.
0: Like- no. Uh, because, and we think it was basically because like, there's no joy, like they're not, there's no, there's no, oh man, this is funny. Cause we're getting older. They have to like prove they still got it the entire time. Ugh, yeah. Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like just get old, man. But regardless, she doesn't know that we're doing this. So,
1: mm. uh, definitely email him directly. Then. Yeah.
0: Email him as soon as you hear this. I don't, I I imagine I might speak with them beforehand, but I don't know. Um, he's like a leaf in the wind. Uh, oh. I. Speaking of death, I. <laughs> yeah, wow. I really enjoyed the utter clusterfuck that this movie is.
1: I, I like how it became both a comedy and a horror. I mean, there's scary things in there. Yeah, the peeling the faces off the closet gag. Yep. Like as a kid, I I did not sleep comfortably that night. I was never scared of Beetlejuice though. I mean, he he, I don't, he was kind of disgusting. He I was
0: gross. Yeah. He wasn't scary. In a world where I think I had just. There like, was like the
1: large Marge moment where he's like, well, what about this? And you don't see what's happening? You don't happening. see it. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, there was the large Marge moment. That's exactly what it was. I was not very scared of that. I think I was scared of like the house when he was bringing it alive like with the statues like wrapping around the family uh, yeah. Yeah, and and the ghost family being fucking sucked dry that that was disturbing
1: that really was mortality um, is scary
0: and and uh, undead
1: unmortality? yeah did um, you think about the mortgage on the house
0: yeah, the mortgage, especially with the with the renovation, with the remodels. Fees. Yeah, with the remodels, you're looking you're looking at some at some triple digits for the, some of the shit that Delia was doing.
1: So, were they, okay, to get back to the plot really quickly, mm. were, were, were they pitching the idea that that it was going to be a ghost theme park?
0: Charles was trying. Okay, this is the other fucking weird thing because the parents, the alive parents, learn that Lydia can talk to the ghosts in the attic, talk to Adam and Barbara, right. I'm just realizing that the letters of all the characters for the main adults are A, B, C, and D. Um, I know you were doing A and B before, but it's just. Script writing. It's a thing. Uh, And and so they're trying to because after they try to do the banana song to scare them, they just end up like liking it. And they think they can commoditize it with, like, having people come to town, like, trying to convert, like, buying all the real estate and converting it to, like, a ghost-themed, like, out-of-town getaway spot. Yeah. So they need to get the next big real estate guy above Charles or whatever to right. come down and invest, but they need to do that with the ghosts, and the ghosts aren't coming down, so they do the exorcism through Ortho, and then that sets off the whole thing. Oh, also, big real estate guy and his wife just get... uh Carnival-rided
1: through the ceiling, the and are presumed dead, removed from the film. See the 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 film again is writing this line where like death is not really threatening in a way. So like it's okay if they just disappear. Like they kind of like Natalie would, you know? They just they just disappear, and people are upset about it, but like nothing happens. Nobody gets charged. Yeah, I have. No- <laughs> Look,
0: I. I hope I don't sound like in this podcast that I am I am I am lovingly giving this movie shit.
1: This is the
0: equivalent of
1: Can we listen to this podcast and comment on our comments?
0: I mean you can in your own time.
1: Okay, cool.
0: You can on uh Sunday when this comes out or Saturday on Nebula. All right, um, cool.
1: I'll check it out on
0: Nebula. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice and early. Um I don't know. I as I continue to watch more and more films and I go back and revisit films that I remember really liking. I oftentimes am disappointed.
1: It's true. It's hard to go back home again.
0: Yeah. But apparently you can shop there. Um, the a film that actually holds up gross point blank does in fact, hold up. Um, but. Despite the fact I am now selling couch insurance, the, the, The idea that I, that, that Beetlejuice would still like maintain my thought process a couple nights after watching a couple other movies between then and now is kind of a testament to its staying power despite its open world nature. As I sort of dubbed it before, like normally I am attracted to tight plot. Mm. Honestly, I just, I like well-written characters and I like tight plot. Mm. This is a, a different thing. This is situation based and Personality based. It's not even like Beetlejuice is a character, but it's just Michael Keaton going fucking nuts. Yeah. And everyone else is doing a bit part and they're doing it well.
1: We got a lot of great character
0: actors yeah. in there. So it's just interesting to go back to this film and actually have it despite all of what I would consider flaws in almost every other movie. Really like for whatever reason, all of the Tetris pieces like randomly fit together the entirely right way, and you clear the entire board. Like it's it's weird cinematic lightning in a bottle that yes. I I never want a Beetlejuice too.
1: I know it, I find it disturbing that uh, that trended for a little bit in my social media feeds, which are admittedly limited. I was like, why why? This is not something we need to revisit. It is an archive of the time that holds up. And and look,
0: let's take, the if you need to milk an IP, and I think they're doing this, which is fine. Make the cartoon. They did that. Do the Broadway musical. Apparently, the musical's really good. People like it a lot.
1: Well, I can theorize that the, the musical probably has enough room in the unstructuredness of everything to, like, do its own thing, which works for stage yeah. and musical. Yeah,
0: like, they, they right. can make it their own piece. Yeah. Um. But if you do a sequel,
1: if you do a film sequel, yeah. you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that um there was like child weddingness happening with the main character. Sure, but also
0: realizing that like the world you set up doesn't make sense and that's not a f- like bug, it's a feature. Yeah. Like like Everything everywhere all at once is a vast is putting it lightly film with the the way the world works is incredibly off the walls bonker and complex. Yes. But it makes sense. The yes. movie makes sure that it makes sense. Yes. This movie is all of those things and it doesn't give a fuck if it makes sense or not outside of a character's direct need in a moment. Yes. And I yeah, I do not think it would be easy to do that trick twice with this property. Yeah. It in in a in a 2023, 2024 time span. I don't know how it would feel fresh. Yeah. I, I just don't know. But I'm glad this movie exists. I'm glad that it's something that I can revisit when it becomes October time. Isn't
1: that one of the great things about film? Yeah. Is that you don't need a sequel? Cause you can always grab the film that is good and put it on, and the experience can be just as fresh and just as good as the first time.
0: Well, you you can if you own the film or if you're uh, lucky enough where one of the streamers still has it on their service.
1: Yeah, I was actually very worried when I said, yeah, Beetlejuice, that's great. And then my next... It's I, like, I, where do I, I, I like, watch this? Wait, where do I watch this? It is,
0: it is, and I use this term incorrectly, air quotes, free
1: on Amazon Prime. Ah, okay. Uh, I th- I think I caught mine on the, the Max. Oh, maybe it was on Max. But it, it, regardless, there was the chance, the worry in my mind that oh man, maybe I don't, I don't think I actually own Beetlejuice uh, as you know on a medium. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I just may have overpromised, and uh, well, anyhow, the gift of cinema by. Get on Medium, please. Yeah,
0: but yeah, make sure you have a copy of the things of the of the visual and audio media yes. that you like, because if you don't, there is no guarantee that mommy and daddy's streaming service won't keep upcharging you or taking things off or editing the work you like. Yes, formatted to fit your screen. Oh, boy. Uh it's so fucked. I
1: believe they're, they're called uh, the uh, the it's the Department of Repurposing. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. In some I, companies.
0: I just I look. I understand there are differences that need to be done. You prep, you prep legit movies for cinema and different things and different, different uh, ways to be oh, yeah, viewed formats, for yeah. your life, yes. uh, for your job and, and, I, for my life. and for your life. And or if you don't, Oh fuck, you're going to Saturn. Um, the, the, I understand the need because everything is sort of different, but the weird thing that I don't particularly like is when like, like, when movies, and I know it's been going for a little while, it's just not um, talked about a ton until I think Cats. Cats was the first movie where, like, I felt like it was publicized that they patched that it. That we had a post-patch. Yeah. And I fucking hate that. Patching has... I won't go down the rabbit hole, but I feel like the ability to release a unfinished, busted-as-fuck video game <laughs> mm-hmm. has really hurt the industry overall. For every darling that uses an early access thing like Baldur's Gate 3, there's a trillion fucking half finished full price nightmare things that take months, if not years, to patch Mm -hmm. and be uh, issued correctly. We have that in one medium. I do not want it in others. I want whatever you release to be done because art is never like that's the other thing. Art could, if you just keep working on it, it can. It, it, by its very nature, is never done. You need to be finished. And you need to move
1: on. Yeah, uh, you bring up a great point. As you know, one of the other things that I do with the people that uh, that I've had the distinguished pleasure of working aside, we do film restorations. Yeah, right. So uh, there's a group, uh, a film foundation, which many directors collaborate, as well as just people who aren't directors who love film, to restore films. And there's always the question is well, at some point these films are so old, are we restoring it or are we kind of remaking it by changing these things? And um, we're in a period right now where we can put an end to those questions uh, with the films that we're making right now. Because those films, we know to preserve them. We know to keep them. We don't have to patch them or change them. We we will, We will. know how they're supposed to be released. Yeah, Let's just but, do that.
0: Because films that were released what like let's say like the 40s jerk or even older uh chances are well i know this isn't even chances there's still people alive that have watched them of course but you only have your memory of watching them
1: then there is debate amongst even living filmmakers to this day oh was our first print redder or less red you know it's been 50 years or whatever, you know, I, I don't really even remember what the first answer print looked like, you know? And it's not just like one person. It's just, these are, these are th- even cinematographers would be like, Oh, well, I remember it being much richer or not richer. And like, Oh, I, you know, I actually remember the scene being in here. Oh no, we, cut that scene before just before release it's it's happened
0: yeah and even like it's funny we have the tools to sort of be a little bit more uh finite with it now if we'll if we'll just use them because like digital is obviously something that is more easily replicated than uh an old film reel from the 30s yes (laughs) right but um but even then, you and I were dealing with a problem with extra credit stuff. We were looking at white balances. I was able to duplicate it again on the same file. There was a there was a thing on a bright white scene, everybody in an ad read we were doing on extra credits uh, where I was on a white psych uh, and I was doing a rotation, but the way I did the color correct in certain brightnesses on my phone, and I'll say not the brightest and not the darkest, uh there was a red haze line (laughs) Mm -hmm. on the top and only when i was in a certain middle point because i think the way that the phone actually displays uh the color white uh but but my point being is even though like you especially in your job red you you balance a film for the formats that you're that you're putting it on absolutely when you get to the home market you can balance it, and there's rules. We can. That's what we do now. But once it's out in the world, how people watch it, on what level of contrast, and what how much fucking 240 hertz frame blending bullshit they throw on it. Yeah like it goes it that can kind of go out the window. So you are like you can have the archival copy be fine, but again, the way that people remember it
1: and that is, is also a legitimate experience of the film, which is also mind-blowing. Yeah. It's possible that everybody watched the wrong Or a slightly too yellow print of like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody remembers as opposed to the intended thing. So do you you restore that? Do you keep it that way?
0: Or even like the memification of things, right? Like uh, I I think about this all the time. Uh, For whatever reason, uh, Homelander memes, you know, pop up, right? And like... The way that memes, the quality of a gift, the how it is you like it all sort of taints the way that your your memory of a scene plays out. I went back and watched that scene again and I was like, oh, that's not how I remember it happened when it thing, but like it is, it's in the fucking thing, unless Amazon changed it, which again, who the fuck knows? We're tangenting a lot. The point is we, we have spiraled. The point is, as we wrap this up, Beetlejuice.
1: Beetlejuice.
0: Beetlejuice. Nothing. Is uh it's really a time capsule of Tim Burton being let
1: off the chain. Yes, and small studio making. I mean, this is yeah. a Geffen picture, right? Yep. So, I mean, there's and, probably a lot of cooking involved th- in that. Yeah, I know. And
0: uh, I don't know. I think that's something special. I think it's something that we're not going to see again Look, that's not to say that small special things aren't going to come up again in in filmmaking. Of course they will, but not this. No. And we shouldn't try to make this again. This should just exist. Yes. Um, and it does. We has got to again go back. I love how it just turned into film archival by the end of. Hey,
1: gotta say, gotta gotta make sure we need. What if? What if? We're in a car. A dog cuts in front of us. Uh We fall into. We fall off the car into some water. We end up right back here at this table, and then some creepy people decide to move into your apartment, Yep. and we don't have a copy of Beetlejuice. How will that cute little goth girl learn what Beetlejuice was? Or what the true meaning of family is. That's true. Also, did we learn the true meaning of family?
0: I think- Math? Adam and Barbara did. I think the true meaning of family is the ability to ride sandworms. And also just to be able to talk really fast and not even really know what you're saying, because if you're talking, talking, it doesn't even matter if you're talking about Hong Kong, you know what I mean? Get him, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Like, I think that's really what we all need to strive to learn. I keep wanting to say somebody stop me in the voice, and it is not from this movie, but it it sort of like goes back to the Jim Carrey of it all. Anyway... (laughs) This has been the only podcast about the film Beetlejuice. Man, I, what a what an odd thing to revisit. Thank you, Red, so much for coming and chatting with me about it, indulging me, if you will. Thanks for having me. It was a real treat to watch this again. Where where can folks find you if you want to be found?
1: Occasionally, I hide out on the place formerly known as twitter but honestly the best that they can do to find me is october 20th go to a movie theater buy tickets for killers of the flower moon watch the whole darn thing it's a rewarding experience wait to the credits clap when you see my name
0: there There we go go. yeah and you as someone who has seen the movie a lot saying it is a, a rewarding experience also means a lot too because you've seen it probably dare i say more than anyone else on the planet at
1: this point it's actually possible that i have seen it more than anybody else
0: yeah so so i'm very much looking forward to that um uh i will i will stay i will clap and people will tell me to shut up and i'll say no you shut up yeah and then we'll get into a fight over it um you can find me at all my things my website dot lcom my life and works also skeletor the number four r e z on instagram or psn and of course emperor msk on uh that thing twitter or blue sky Matthew Matthew Kroll is more accurate and it's easier to get a hold of me um apparently we are still locked out of our twitter account for the only podcast about movies and Shaheer's is locked out as well what did you guys do so apparently uh we talked about this last week but uh there's a copyright claim from a company about the music from Shaheer's robot music video who he's friends with the musician for and they can't figure out why it's getting copywritten uh, well
1: okay good. i was worried that there was another podcast out there about movies
0: no that no no we're still that okay. um <laughs> unless we're going to obviously uh take a you know hitchhike the sandworm across saturn go to the neither realm uh and then eventually we meet scorpion or that's another realm Get Quan Chi on the phone. Everybody, we'll be talking with you, hopefully with some more spooky stuff next week. I think Shahir is back. If not, I'll drag Red around again. <laughs> Come on down, Red. The water's fine. All right, everybody. Talk to
1: you later. Bye.